Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. We thank you guys for joining, hopping on, listening, pushing, play, whatever you're doing. Thank you guys for tuning in. We didn't do a reaction pod this week because Brandon sucks. He gets married and just doesn't have time anymore. You know, you tell Aaron, all right? You tell Aaron she needs to stop being selfish, okay? <laughs> can't she take Pivot on a walk or can't Pivot go walk her because that's probably what would happen. He'd be like, no, you're not putting the leash on me. I'm putting it on you. Let me get my turncoat and my top hat and we'll walk now because that dog's weird. It's not a dog, by the way. It's a human dressed in a dog's body. Um, yeah, tell Aaron she needs to stop being rude and selfish. We've got things to get done here. Our listeners in Argentina and Romania and the Ukraine and wherever else they're li- listening, they depend on us for hard-hitting analysis around here. That's what if rant. it was just me not wanting to do it? Well, that would make more sense because you're also <laughs> that guy too. So that, that would make more sense as well. So, if that was the case, then Erin, I apologize. Hopefully she doesn't listen to the podcast. (laughs) We gotta react to the Ravens game that occurred last week, and boy, was that tough to watch. Um, At least after the first, I don't know, quarter. First quarter was a good game, and then it all went downhill from there. Uh, We'll preview the Steelers game coming up, go through our pick'em, and then uh, Nugget season, preseason is in full swing. I was finally able to watch last night. They didn't have to freaking send me a telegram or the Harry Potter owl just to give me an update on what was happening. You know the first game, the Clippers game? I'm such a, just a no-life person. I listened to the Clippers radio broadcast just so I could be that close to the game. I'm, I'm ashamed of myself. I have no life. Well, how was it? Were they were they good? Well, it's Ian, Ian Eagle's son is the one who's their broadcaster oh. so he's pretty good oh, okay. yeah, he's yeah pretty he's good. good um but yeah no i listened to that because freaking altitude was like oh we're gonna have it on altitude radio i was like okay i'll listen to altitude radio listening to it we get right before the first quarter and it cuts to fox syndicated programming i was like are you kidding me you know what's probably funny is they they probably went through that whole game thinking that they just uh you know killed it and blah blah blah, blah and then Come to find out, well, no one heard it. <laughs> well, here's what I'm thinking: is because I was listening online, maybe they have a different thing going on oh, on the stream, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it yeah, was going so on in the car. Yeah, so you can't uh, stream it online. Yeah. Um, yeah, but preseason you can. At least from what I remember, we were able to do that with preseason. You were not allowed to stream it on uh, on the website uh, during the regular season. Well, but preseason you could change rules because they immediately cut it, and then I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go to 9:50. Maybe they have it on there." Nope, it's the freaking Avs game, and they probably lost. That they're oh, starting they never... like one in three. Come on, Avalanche! I'm invested now. Okay, <laughs> so let's start winning. All right. Well, so that means the Nuggets were on 92.5. Yeah, I listened to both. One cut to Fox, 
programming, and the other cut to the Avalanche game. It was Bert in the post through, game. Through the actual radio? No, online. I wasn't going to go well, in my car at 9 o'clock at night and listen to the game. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Not, I mean, not dedicated. Technically, I mean, unless the NBA changed their rules, because, um, yeah, I mean, you can, from what I remember, you can stream online, you can stream the calls, the radio calls through their uh, online uh, stream yeah. during the preseason, just not during the regular season. Um, so obviously the NHL, they allow it, but maybe the NBA changed their rules. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to write a letter to the corporate office because now I'm angry because I missed that game, and then they didn't want to broadcast the game in Golden State, which was fine because I was like, please just don't let Jokic play. That is a house of horrors now. No one should be allowed to play there besides Faku. He, he's resistant to injury. Just let him run around for you know, 48 didn't minutes. It, didn't uh, MPJ get hurt there? Is that what happened? No, he, he was hurt his... before that game. He didn't play that uh, game. Someone um, got hurt. Yeah, he I got thought... No, he he didn't get hurt. Nobody got hurt out of that game. Well, I thought oh, I think I Austin Rivers was... got he got kneed in the chest by Draymond, and Draymond oh, gave him a flying cl- a kick to the freaking yeah, chest. I was like, that dude has no control over his yeah. legs or not. Yeah, I was like, oh, here we go again. Here's Draymond. It's like it's for six years ago, just still kicking people in the air. Um, but yeah, and you know, Jokic was fine. He came out and had a you know near what was it double double after the first quarter or something like that. Or a triple double. He finished with like 16, 17, 10, and whatever it was in like 16 minutes of action. So he looks to be in midseason form. Uh, but we'll get to all the Nuggets stuff later. Uh, Ravens Broncos, because we didn't get to talk about that. That was, again, rough game outside of the first quarter. First couple of drives, defense holds up. Everything's looking good. I'm thinking, okay, I feel good about not picking the Ravens this week. And settling with the Broncos. And then after that touchdown drive, the offensive line completely got obliterated. I don't know if that was just the injuries showing up. Because obviously they didn't have Glasgow and Reisner both out. So you had two rookie, one second year guard and one rookie at guard. And from there, I mean, they they just couldn't do anything. I think the injuries at wide receiver kind of caught up to them. Um, and from there, I mean, when you can't win in the trenches and you don't have time to pass the ball, you're kind of just doomed. And this is still an offense that seems like they have no identity. They don't know what they should be, even though they're best, I think, at running the ball. And they completely got away from that. I think Pat Shermer ran it a total of four or five times in the second half. Um, and I think in the second quarter, I mean, they, they were down, what, 17 to 7? I think at one point, or at some point, the game was still in reach, and Shermer just completely opted to not run the ball, even though we just saw Javante Williams carry a guy like 15 yards down the field unreal. with his tootsies, and he's just bouncing off of everybody. But we're like, nah, we're going to try and pass it. And then Teddy gets hurt, and Drew has to come in, and we're like, no, still going to pass the ball, even though he hasn't taken any reps all week. And, you know, that was just a disaster there. You have a banged-up offensive line. Uh, Your starting quarterback gets hurt. We're going to put in our backup, who has had no reps all week, and we're going to continue to throw the football. Well, I mean, at that point, they really had no choice. But I I think when Drew first came in, the game was still within reach, right? I mean, what was the score at that point? Let's see if I can find it back. Well, yeah, I mean, it was in the beginning of the second half. I mean, yeah, look, 
the Melvin Gordon or Melvin Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams they averaged about six point five yards per carry combined. Uh, Williams at six point nine, Gordon at six point two, and they ran the ball a grand total of sixteen times. What are you doing? The, it. What are you doing? Um, I, I don't get it at all. It, it makes no sense. The game plan was awful. And um, I think it's just, it's more, it, it's just continuing to see that they have talent, but the two most important parts of this team are bad. Coaching is bad. Quarterback play, not not great. Uh, it's been fine with, with Teddy the first few weeks, but not great. Um, and when you don't have those things, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be a great team ever. And the fact that they're not good at either of those things is really really bad. Like at least the Cardinal, like Arizona, for example, because I you know there's a lot of talk about how. You know, Cliff Kingsbury is just a really bad head coach and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but they have a great quarterback, right? And they're they're the only undefeated team left. So you can have one of those things be average. You just need one of them to be great. The Broncos have neither of them that are great, let alone, you know, above average. I think Teddy has been – he's been good, uh, maybe slightly above average, but – then against Baltimore, he was pretty much below average. Whether it's the offensive line, lack of weapons, doesn't matter. You got to help your guys out. You you got to you got to have better play calling. Um, you got to run the ball. Uh, and Teddy's got to be better too. Teddy, I think what we've we've kind of saw there with Teddy, and what we all know is he can't really escape that well. Like he he's shown some ability in the in you know, during the preseason and the first couple of games. But when he's getting a ton of pressure at him, he kind of just folds. And he can't really make, you know, un unscripted plays. Like, he he's not that type of guy, which, I mean, is is very rare to see in the league. But yeah, I mean, all, all quarterbacks, really. I mean, we saw Patrick Mahomes in the, <laughs> in the Super Bowl last year. He's running right. for his life. Now, he's a guy right. with that huge arm. He could throw it anywhere across the field. and. Right, dot, you, you you need a guy like that, right? Because at some point during the season, you are going to have injuries to your offensive line, or your offensive line is going to fall. You know, your your offensive line is going to struggle at, in certain games and whatever. It happens, even the best offensive lines. And when you don't have a guy that can get outside the pocket and make plays, you're going to have problems. I mean, let's look at Tom Brady, right? New England did a great job of, of mixing it up, getting pressure on him, and what happened? They were able, you know, couldn't they, they could only get 17 points on the board. So when you don't have a guy like that, your offense is limited if not all of the other pieces are working perfectly. And with Teddy Bridgewater, you need all of your pieces to be working and working perfectly in order for him to succeed. And that's not going to happen every single game throughout the regular season. It's just not. And that's sure as hell is not going to happen in the playoffs. So why are we seeing, you know, 
Trevor Lawrence going number one and Zach Wilson going number two and Justin Fields going up uh, pretty high. Trey Lance going high when he's he has he's barely played over the last year and a half. Like, why are we seeing these guys being so valued? Because they can move. They can make plays outside the pocket. Uh, Zach Wilson has had a few plays throughout the year because his offensive line has been absolute trash. But he has been able to make unscripted plays. I believe his first touchdown pass was an unscripted play. He gets out of the pocket, running right, throws on the run, corner, back corner of the end zone to, uh, I believe it was Corey Davis. And I believe that was his first, it was either his first or second touchdown pass. But that's a that's not scripted. You know, that was not supposed to happen. But the offensive line falls apart. He's able to get out of there and make a play. So you need those type of guys in this league. It's very, very rare to to have a guy like a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady who can't move and you still succeed. You know, those guys are very rare. Those guys win you games because of their mind, not necessarily because of their physical ability. So when you don't have a guy like that and and your team starts to kind of fall apart, whether it's injuries or just bad play, they're not going to be able to bail you out. And that's what happened. You know, Lamar Jackson, his offensive line kind of struggled. Broncos were able to get pressure. But guess what? He was able to make plays. And not necessarily with his legs. He didn't really run the ball. Well, I, th I thought the Broncos did a pretty good job of containing Lamar. But he's able to move in within the pocket, get outside of the pocket, and, and, and make big throws. And unfortunately, the Broncos don't really have a guy like that. I like Teddy. I thought that his first three weeks has been good, but now you see a real defense come in, be able to get pressure on him, and you kind of see what happens. So, I mean, it's the Broncos are who we thought they were, right? They're they have a good roster, but when things kind of start to fall apart a little bit, they completely fall apart. They're not, you know, a team like Tampa who. All of these injuries. They have to go out and start Richard Sherman, who was sitting on his couch and hasn't played in like two years or whatever. And they are still able to figure out a way to win because they have a special player in Tom Brady, but they also have a couple of special players on the defense side of things. But And they have good head coaching, right? They have good coaching across the board. So you're able to kind of escape those type of weeks. The Broncos just don't have those things. Well, I'll say this, though. I'm, I'm not ready to go there yet to just cast them off completely because of the injuries. Now, if they were relatively healthy and it seemed and they were doing this, then I could go there. I'm not willing to go there yet, but I am. I would say if there's a meter between one to ten, I'm at about a four right now with that. Um, with the Tom Brady stuff, I mean, yes, they are overcoming injury, but they did barely beat that <laughs> that Patriots team. Who I don't well, right, think is that I'm great. They were able to find a way to stay in the game. Yeah, but and, I mean, I, just, I don't think the Patriots are anything great. I would say the Ravens are better than the Patriots, but well, yeah, I think well, yeah. it depends week by week too, right? Because we saw this Ravens team, the same Ravens team, struggle with the Lions right. the other week. So, I mean, the NFL is a week-to-week -week league, and I, I think you mentioned it. You know, we Teddy is Teddy is a game manager. That's what he is. And that that's not... Listen, not every quarterback can be Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, that level guy. You know, there's that elite tier of guy, and then there's even the level below that. You know, the Matt Staffords, you know, mm -hmm. those type of guys. You know, maybe Derek Carr when he's playing on that level, 
there's that second level. And then you have like the game managers and that's where Teddy's at. And you can win with those guys, but things have to be going well, staying on schedule. When they're not staying on schedule and things aren't going well, aka your team is injured like we are, then it's you can't expect him to carry this team. And I was looking through the the play history here. Um, yeah, the Broncos coming out of halftime were down seventeen to seven. That's still a manageable game. They held the Ravens to six points in the second half. So that's still a very winnable game. You lost the game in the second quarter, and I think I tweeted it out. When the defense had, what, two or three straight drives of just poor play, they're giving up bombs to uh, Hollywood Brown, who last week couldn't catch a ball, and now all of a sudden he can make diving catches. The, the, when they needed the offense to hold water and bail them out, they couldn't. So that's what has me a little bit concerned, and that was before Teddy got hurt. That's in the second quarter. They couldn't do anything. Now, again, I'm not ready to go there yet and say this is the same team, but they are showing signs that they are similar, and not much has changed. Um, I think this secondary was wildly overhyped because I don't see anything of this being a dominant no. The, the, the fact that people actually compared this secondary to the no-fly zone is just disrespectful in its own right because yeah. they got torched in that second quarter, and that's what essentially lost them the game. Um, it's not like they've been suffocating teams' passing game. I mean, you can make an argument in the Jets game if 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 Wilson's receivers make a couple of catches, maybe that's not a blowout. Maybe they actually get some points on the board, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard put a number on this tef- on this defense in this secondary week one. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know what happened to Marvin Wilson. He uh, he was having a big game in the first quarter. And then outside of that first quarter, they stopped going to him. He had like 75 yards, I think, at one point, and they just stopped going to him. You know, a couple drops in that game, too. So I'm not ready to go there yet, but there's things that I'm seeing that are concerning. And you have Pat Shermer say, oh, I believe in running the football. Really? Because, I mean, it didn't look like that last week when the game was still within 10 points. Your backup quarterback starts the second half. He starts the second half. And you you run five, four or five times the rest of the game? Come on, man. Come on. It's, it's bad play calling. And, and we've also seen – look, here's the thing, right? They were down 17-7 to seven with a couple minutes left. And the defense actually steps up and gets a stop. But guess what? Vic Fangio doesn't call a timeout. He oh doesn't use gosh. all my timeouts. Oh, my You don't gosh. think that if you call some timeouts – you can maybe get some momentum if you can go down and maybe kick a field goal and make it 17-10. All of a sudden, right. you're only down seven going into the second half. Maybe Jula comes in. Maybe you start running the ball a little bit more because you're a little bit more comfortable. Again, it's across the board. It, it's your, your most important positions on this team. are n- Neither of them are great. You don't have great coaching. You don't even have good coaching. You have... Average to bad coaching on this team across the board. And then your quarterback play is average. Average maybe a little bit above average at times against really bad teams. But we saw against a really good team, your quarterback play is, is pretty pretty average to uh, below average, right? So what are we doing here? We, we, we've seen that this is the same story every single year with Vic Fangio this is season number three and we thought that 
maybe at some point he would figure it out and figure out clock management at some point. And we are in week four of season number three, and he still doesn't understand how to time manage. He's a bad head coach. He's a really good defensive coordinator, but... Even it's that might be a little bit overhyped, to be honest and, with and, you. And that, right, that might be a little <laughs> overhyped. I mean, he he was dubbed this this evil genius, right? This defensive guru. Ever since he's gotten here, I mean, this defense hasn't been imposing, or no. the, you know. And I, I think part of it was he benefited from those San Francisco teams that had all that talent. Not to say that Vic probably can't coach defense. I think he can, but I think it's about the scheme and, and, and the talent and the players. But for whatever reason, and it's not like for a lack of talent here because he's had talent, but it's just like, it just, this defense has not lived up to what we thought it would be with him coming here. I still don't feel it's dominant. I think it can be a good defense, but definitely not dominant. And yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, I was baffled when he let 30 seconds just run off the clock before the, before halftime. I was just like, how are we not learning? How? If he would have if he would have used his timeouts, you would have maybe a minute and a half to go make a to for someone to go make a play. I yeah. I do not maybe yeah, Vic Fangio needs to play some Madden or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't, don't get it. I, I and and not only it's not just at Vic Fangio too. Someone tell him. Someone be like, hey, moron. You can you can find ways to get the ball back with a minute and a half to go, and we can get some points on the board. Shermer, you've been a head coach before. Maybe we should talk to Vic Fangio and say, "Hello, anyone home? Like, let's yeah. let's you know, let's use your timeout." Well, it's just everything about his coaching timeout. just seems inconsistent, right? Some weeks he's ultra aggressive; he'll go for it, or we see that in preseason, and then you get to the regular season, and maybe he's not like that. You know, he uses his timeouts in one game and then he just doesn't in the next game and i just i just don't understand it but uh lastly before we wrap on the ravens game real quick real quick uh, on that note i think part of it is sometimes he coaches scared sure you know i I think i think you know there look i saw an espn article come out and they said you know it was a a list of the top five coaches on on the hot seat vic fangio's name was in there oh it should be and so so part of it is probably He's nervous. And in big spots when they're losing, he doesn't want to take any risks because he's on the hot seat and he knows he is. So he's coaching scared. Listen, that, that, even that if the Broncos make the playoffs, I do not want Vic Fangio back next year. No. I, I do not no. want him back next year. We, we know that he's not a very good head coach. Honestly, if he wanted to, I would be more than happy for him to stay as a defensive coordinator. Uh, at least you have some stability on the defensive side. I know that a lot of times that that's that barely that rarely ever happens. But if that's you know if that's something that he would want to do, I'd be more than happy for that. But they need a new offensive co- coordinator. They need a new head coach. They sure as hell need a new special teams coach. Yeah. Um, it's just. It's the same old. It's the same old crap, and uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of people got really excited about the three and zero start, me included, and um, the way it wasn't just that they were three and zero, but the way they beat those teams 
but I think now we're we're kind of seeing the Broncos are a, a um, they're in the middle. They're good enough to beat the really bad teams. They're not good enough to beat the good teams, and it that is the worst worst place to be in for a team in any sport. You never want to be stuck in the middle, and this team is stuck in the middle. That's what it feels like through three weeks. Um, I'm still holding out just to see what this team could look like with Judy. Obviously, we're not going to see Hamler. You know, the the injuries that they have. I want to see if they can get somewhat relatively healthy. You know, Darby may play tomorrow, so we'll see on that. Um, No Albert O, by the way. But Mm -hmm. before we get to the Steelers game, just real quick wrap on the Ravens game because this was the headline all week nationally and locally was the fact that Jim Harbaugh, or is it John? I forget which one coaches there. What Harbaugh decided to run the ball to secure their record, their streak of having 100 rushing yards and I don't know what how many games they are at now, but it was important to them, but it was like three seconds on the clock. Obviously, Vic wasn't happy about it. That got a lot of pub. I mean, I think, I think Tyler Columbus hit it on the head when he was talking about it on the fan. Was it Bush League? Yes. Was it over-the-top Bush League? No. At the same time, I mean, I don't think the player... I mean, some players seem to have been mad about it. But then again, I mean, would I have done it? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously, they're a running team, so that means a lot to them. They're prideful about that. That's all they're good at because we know once the Ravens get to the playoffs, we know Lamar Jackson can't throw the football, so they're going to end up being out in the first game anyway. They're just fine against the Broncos. Uh, well, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. They'll probably win the divisional round, maybe their wild card game, but once they inevitably have to play the Bills or the Chiefs, they're going to lose because, again, it comes down to Lamar Jackson can't throw the football, and we saw it multiple times last week. This guy can't hit, like, swing passes consistently. He can't hit, like, little curl routes consistently. He was dirt and balls. And I'm just like, dude, like, I get he's a great athlete and everything like that. Great runner. Phenomenal. But as a quarterback, you can't win with him. And it's going to take the Ravens forever to feel with, you know, to understand that. Unless he has some drastic change and he can throw the football. But how many quarterbacks that their best skill was running the football and being an athlete, how many quarterbacks like that have won a Super Bowl? Michael Vick didn't. Cam Newton didn't. Steve Young? Was it? Okay, but I would say he was at least more... He's not the athletes that those guys were. Like, he was mobile, but they weren't running, you know, power eyes with, you know, Steve Young, like they did with Cam Newton and they're doing with Lamar Jackson, you know, and Michael Vick. I don't know if they were doing that, but... You know, their best skills, I don't think Steve Young was so far better a runner than he was a passer. I think he was just mobile. I wouldn't I wouldn't consider Russell Wilson a running quarterback because he can throw the football. He's just a guy who's mobile. I think there's a difference between quarterbacks who are runners and quarterbacks who are mobile, who can mm-hmm. be mobile. Kyler Murray, I don't see him as a runner. He's not looking to run all the time, but he's mobile enough to make plays happen. Right. So I mean, at, at first, I think we all thought he was a runner, but he's proved it. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Start this year. He's, I mean, he's he's incredible. He's Russell Wilson reincarnated, is what he is. I um, think he's better than Russell Wilson, but I mean, possibly uh, the things he can do is is pretty crazy. But I mean, when I watch uh, him, Russ, I see Russell. Uh, Russ makes questionable. Dis- uh, Kyler would do it once in a while too, but Russ, there's something about Russ that bothers me, 
He's great. He is. I, there's just there's times in certain games, and I think it's it's been more noticeable this year and uh, the end of last year, where he just I don't know. There there's some weird things that he does, and it just doesn't. It ends up going poorly, and I can't really. There's not a specific play or anything. It's just some weird decisions that he makes. No, I think quarterbacks um, like that who who can make plays out of nothing, maybe sometimes they get a little bit carried away tries, with it. Yeah, he tries a little too hard maybe yeah. to make a play. I mean, we, see, we saw it with Patrick Mahomes too these past few we've weeks. Seen it, we've seen it with Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, we've seen it with Rodgers. But I feel like Russ does it a little bit more than those guys. But anyways, that's, that's just – that's one thing that's kind of been really weird. Like Russ is really – Offensively, they've really struggled. Um, part of it, well, I mean, they're really yeah. gonna struggle with him out. Well, now they're really gonna struggle. <laughs> yeah, but part of it is, you know, they haven't helped him at offensive line. Um, but you, you still got DK, you got Lockett, you got Chris Carson. Like and their defense is pretty suspect, though. Their defense is pretty suspect, but still, I mean, they've struggled. It, it's not like their defense is, is like. Not great. The worst rank. I mean, it's not great, but it's not. It's not the worst in the league. It's not <laughs> like the, you're, maybe, the Chiefs defense. Maybe, maybe against stopping the run, it might be. <laughs> maybe, but I mean, the, still offensively, they like they couldn't score against Minnesota in the second half. Well, like, Mi- Minnesota is just weird. That's they are the equivalent of the Bermuda Triangle in the you NFL. Know, I, when I you play them, you you just go into a land where there's no law. Or rules or understanding of life. Well, I'll say this: I think Minnesota is actually really good this year. Um, now their one loss is to Cincinnati, and that looked bad at first, but Cincinnati is really good. I, I'm, I'm like, look, Kirk Cousins has been a top five quarterback this year. Just saying, they're really good. They're. That offense with Justin Jefferson, Thielen. Yeah, Thielen's um, kind of had a resurgence. Yeah, Cook, uh, Mattinson has been really good. Um, they got they got a good tight end over there. I think Irv is it Irv Smith over there or yeah. Well, I think is Kyle Rudolph still there? No, Kyle Rudolph uh, I think is gone. But they that's a really good offense. And then the rookie uh, pass rusher, I forget who they ended up getting. Um, but they got, they got someone, I, oh man, I can't remember his name, but he's been playing well. That Minnesota team, I think he's going to be the, one of the surprises of the year. I think they probably make the playoffs. Now, Kirk Cousins will fold in the playoffs like he always does, but, uh, that's a good team. I, I think, <laughs> I think we got to start putting, uh, some respect on, on Minnesota and also Cincinnati, by the way. I'm not ready to go that with either of those those teams just yet, but okay. Um, I think those are sneaky wild card playoff teams. All right, we'll see. I highly doubt it, but we'll see. Um, okay, Steelers game tomorrow, 11 a.m. Docket played them last year. Could have won that game if Brett Rippon sees the guy flashing across the middle on fourth down, um, but he didn't. They end up losing that game. Drew Lock got hurt last year. Early in that game, I think he hurt his shoulder or whatever it was. Last year, going for a rematch. Looks like Teddy Bridgewater will play in this game. He was cleared. Um, Albert O, like I said, will not be playing. I think Sertan, Darby, and there's a couple other guys that are questionable. Um, but maybe, maybe likely to play. 
I mean, the Steelers have been they have been rough. I'm curious to see if uh, is TJ Watt back this week. Um, I don't believe he will be. And I think the are the Broncos even? I mean, after that loss last week, they, they are now favored. They were not with Drew Lock starting, but they are now that Teddy is will be starting. Like one. Yeah, it's a point and a half. I'll say this. Um, I, I'm picking the Broncos, and and I I'm gonna go back to what I said earlier. They're good enough to beat the really bad teams. They're not good enough to beat the really good teams. Um, that's where they're at. And look, Pittsburgh sucks. Uh, they flat out suck. Um, ben Roethlisberger honestly should just retire. They should just move on at this point. Um, I know he's done a lot for that franchise, so you want to respect him and start him the rest of the year as long as he can play. Uh, they should just move on. Um, their defense has a lot of injuries. I believe TJ Watt is still out. I don't see him on their they, injury report. I think he's going to play. Okay, well, that could change things. We'll see. But I, I don't see how Pittsburgh scores. I just don't. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is really bad. Their offensive line is really bad. Um, 11 I think Broncos, start, though. I think they're, they're, the Broncos' strengths on defense – really uh, matches up well, I think, against Pittsburgh, where they can stop the run. Uh, the Broncos' secondary isn't very good, but Pittsburgh's offensive line is really bad. I think Von Miller will have at least two sacks in this game. You're going to be able to get to Big Ben, and he's going to throw you a couple picks. I think the Broncos win it. I'm, I, I'll, say, I'll say my score now. I'm going to say 16-6. to six. I don't have faith in the Broncos. I really don't. I'm leaning more towards Pittsburgh right now. Uh, this, this is this, my pick is more based on the Steelers suck. Okay, the Ben Roethlisberger, not necessarily the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger is not good. He is terrible. I'll say this: if they start their backup, I think they have a better chance to win. Mm. I I will be taking this uh this game. I think that I think the Broncos win sixteen to six. I don't think I think the Broncos score one. Six. I think they score one touchdown. They kick three field goals. It's a defensive game. It's a very boring game. But Big Ben will not be able to get them down the field, uh, and score. They're I think Pittsburgh is one of the worst red zone teams. Denver obviously is one of the worst red zone teams. So it's there's not going to be a lot of scoring. Uh, the uh, the over under on total points is thirty nine and a half, which I believe is the lowest out of all the games this week. Uh, this week, uh, New England and and Houston is at thirty nine. So I guess it's technically the second lowest uh, or tied for the lowest. So yeah, I, I think the under hits for for this game as well. But it's going to be a low scoring game. I think Denver. I think Denver wins just by default. Oh man, I really want to pick Pittsburgh here. I really do. I, that that is how. But <laughs> they they're only averaging sixteen point eight points per game. They give up twenty three. Oh boy, they only average fifty five yards rushing, and the Broncos have actually been really good against the run this year. Yeah, yep. That's what I'm saying. I think the the, the Broncos' strengths on defense really uh, matches up well against Pittsburgh. Man. And if Darby is back, that's gonna help the secondary. So, uh, 
Kyle Fuller, by the way, that I mean, he was not worth it. I'm so glad. Yeah, that's a I'm, I'm glad that's a one-year deal. Because I mean, <laughs> at least right now, I mean, there's still a lot of games left, right? I mean, we still have what? Yeah, sure. 14 games left. He 13 sucks. games. I mean, he sucks. He's not playing well right now. Um, maybe he can turn it around. Maybe he, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a scheme thing. But even though he played in this, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, just like I'm giving the Broncos the benefit benefit of the doubt. But I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. Man, I wanted to pick the Steelers, but then I'm seeing their their stats, and they do have James Washington not, still out. They're not very good, man. They are they're, not. No, they're not. I mean, no. I mean, the Bengals put it on them. Uh, the the Bills game was a weird game. That's the, it's their only win. They should be zero and four. The the bang or the the Bills game was just one of those weird funky turnover type of game. But um, part of me feels like the Steelers need to win this game. Like this, I think is a like a must win turning win point in their season. This feels Bronco, like one of those though. games where they could kind of chalk it up as a listen, guys. We're one in three. If we have any hopes of saving this season, we have to win this game. At home, we know the Broncos are notorious for struggling in 11 a.m. games. They're getting in tonight at 8.30 p.m. Jesus. If they If they lose to Pittsburgh, they should fire Vic Fangio at 3-2. and two. Oh, man, I want to pick Pittsburgh so bad, but the injuries combined with their stats. You know, I, you I really know, feel like I, they have to win this game. They have to. I, if the Broncos lose this game, I don't think they beat the Raiders. Uh, and if they don't beat the Raiders and they fall to three and three, they're gonna fall. They're gonna lose to the Browns. They might lose to Washington because I think Washington is actually a good team. Um, and then they're gonna lose to the Cowboys. At that point, if they lose six in a row and they're three and six, I'd be shocked if Vic Fangio is still the head coach on this team. All right, I'm going Broncos seventeen fourteen. Could you imagine Vic Fangio getting fired halfway through the season after starting three and zero? I can actually. I, I can. I, I can easily see that. But I just. I that is so sad. <laughs> that is. It's so sad. I think this is an ugly game tomorrow. I think the Broncos played very sluggishly, given the start time, injuries, um, the Steelers being motivated. I think the Broncos, though, given Steelers some of their injuries and just how bad they actually are, I think they win on maybe like a last-second field goal. Or maybe Teddy gets them down the field and they get a field goal and then they stop the Steelers late. I'm going to go 17-14, but man, I do not feel comfortable about this. I do not feel comfortable about this at all. I can't believe you're giving each team two touchdowns. Well, I just think the Broncos will come out that sluggishly. I really do. No, I I don't think the Broncos get two touchdowns. Oh, well, I don't I think, think they get two touchdowns. And team. I don't think the I don't think the Steelers even get one. I think they're good for two touchdowns. I mean, they can they can get down the field. The Broncos can move down the field. Well, I mean, right. They couldn't last so that's week, what but. I'm saying. A touchdown and four field goals, or three field goals, sixteen to six. I don't think Pittsburgh scores a touchdown. I don't think Denver scores two. You're going seventeen to fourteen. You're going sixteen to six. All right, Ugh. I, that's going to be a rough. Thank God that's an early game, so we can just get that out of the way. I'll be watching Red Zone. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I, I, the, that, I have no no want 
to to watch the Broncos game tomorrow. I really don't. I, I will be paying attention. So. I will try, but I, I'm not going to spend my Sunday morning just watching two bad teams. I just, I can't. I can't. I, I, I would be more than happy to because I just, I'm a sucker for punishment. Plus, you're not even a Broncos fan anymore, so it doesn't even matter to you. All right. Getting to our pick we both were right on the Rams game, um, even though it was kind of close early. And then, you know, the Rams started to pull away a little bit. Stafford was kind of missing some throws early in the game. Uh, but Cooper Cup is just like, he's just tearing people up each week. Um, I don't yeah, know who has him in our fantasy league, but... Woods finally had a good game, too. Yes, Woods. um, I mean, that team is just, they're humming along, bounce back after a a rough loss last week. And then, obviously, Seattle is now, I mean, their season's pretty much doomed. I don't know, how how long is Russ out? Uh, They said that he had surgery, so six to eight weeks. Yeah, their season's over. Yeah, their season's over. Geno Smith is, uh, that pick was bad. But, to be fair, that wasn't Geno's fault, because Lockett tripped. Oh, okay, okay. I I saw I didn't like go back and watch the he replay did. or anything. Um so Lockett I Lockett was I coming across the middle play. and like he had a brief brush up against a Rams corner, but they said on the broadcast that it looked like he might have just tripped over his feet a little bit more than the Rams corner bumping into him, forcing him to fall. But Lockett was going to where he was throwing it. And then he just fell. Okay. Poor Gino, man. It, you know what's hilarious? I swear to you I thought this before that drive. I was like Watch Gino throw a pick here, or something like that's oh, gonna I, happen. I I knew. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I think everyone. In, I think everyone was thinking that because he was playing so great, and it's Gino Smith. Yeah, he's gonna throw a pick on that last drive. But I'll say this: even if Lockett doesn't trip, there's three guys over there. Yeah, I mean that might have been a tough throw to complete, but that that was just that was just rough, man. I felt bad for Gino, but they lose. We both start off the week with a win. Um, next game on the docket, Jets Atlanta. Listen, <laughs> one, I hate this game, but two, between Kyle Pitts and Goddard, I don't like either of them right now <laughs> because when I start one, the other has a great day. And when I start the other, the other has a good day. And I don't know if this is just Atlanta not wanting to throw to the six foot six wide receiver that's playing tight end but it's really making me angry okay calvin ridley's hurt this week so i think they're gonna have no choice but to force feed it to that monster but i just it's been making me so angry very angry i've lost now two in a row two weeks in a row in fantasy so i'm pretty much broncos in this season i start off great and now i'm losing and coming back down to earth so not great bob but, and uh, and you're playing Aaron this week, and uh, her two receivers uh, had a great game, DK and Lockett. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? She, she has DK and Lockett. She's projected to beat you by nine. <sighs> DK at 26.8, Woods at 27. She's, by the way, she's 0-4. And, uh, and, so, and she has Lamar Jackson. Yeah, she has Lamar... Aaron Jones against Cincinnati, Sanders, Andrews, Pittman. Uh, she might actually, I might have her change some things up, but yeah. I'm freaking believable. <laughs> Anyways, I hate everything about this game, but even though the Jets got their first win last week, they're still very bad. I'm going, oh, but Calvin Ridley's out. Hold on, hold on, 
Hold on. I'm going Jets. Uh, let me see. Because I think they said someone else is out for Atlanta, too. That's kind of big. Atlanta's, Atlanta's defense is really, really? bad. I, I don't care. It doesn't matter Russell if Atlanta's Gage. healthy. I really don't care. Uh, the Jets' offense has weapons. I think uh, I think they score some points on them. Uh, Atlanta's offense is super inconsistent. Yes, so I, I know. I, I, tr I trust the Jets' offense more. Um, and I think they have some momentum going into uh, next week. Or this uh, this week after the win last week, so uh, I'm going Jets. Uh, I'm gonna go Atlanta. I think they're the better football team, better quarterback. I'm staying with. They're them. not at home. It's in it's in London. Oh, that's right. Woof. <laughs> I like how we're like we want to promote the game here, London. Have Jets Atlanta. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's what you get. There yeah, you go. they've they've been doing that for the last. Serve that decade. up. I mean, that's usually a Jags home game. They always send the Jags down there. So yeah, I yeah. wonder when they're going to go down there. Um, the next game, Green Bay versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati, like you have mentioned, they've been fun this year. Their offense, T. Higgins, is back. Um, but Aaron Rodgers seems to have found his rhythm, and I think there will just be the next casualty. I'm going Green Bay. Yeah, I think it, I think it will be a good game. Uh, I think Green Bay, they're only favored by two and a half. I think they easily cover that. But I don't think it's a blowout or anything. I think maybe Green Bay wins by like six. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's gonna be a fun one. That's a big test for Cincinnati. Let's see how good Cincinnati really is. We get to the part of the week that I absolutely dread <laughs> every week: the Minnesota freaking Vikings game. Vikings now, easily. This week, this week they're playing Detroit. So they should win. They should win. Please hear me. They should win. But these are the games that I pick Minnesota in every year, every week, and they find a way to screw it up. Okay? They should have beat Cincinnati. Didn't want to do that. Then I picked them to lose against better teams. Didn't want to do that. I'm going Minnesota this week. Angrily. You should go Detroit. You should go Detroit. I'm not going Detroit because Detroit <laughs> is really bad at football. They're very they bad. They are. But I'm going to pick Minnesota, fully expecting Detroit to get their first win this week. Minnesota wins by, by double digits. Yeah, well, I bet you they won't. I bet you this game is unnecessarily close. Because that's just how Minnesota is. Absolutely unbelievable. I hate everything about them. We're both going Denver. Tampa Bay versus Miami. Obviously, Tampa's got a lot of injuries. Uh, Miami, I don't know. It seems like last year was kind of fluky. I mean, I get there without Tua, but they're not playing very well this year. I'm going to go Tampa. I need Tom to get back to his high point scoring days in fantasy here. So I think the Bucks take this one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks as well. Uh, New Orleans versus Washington. New Orleans is one of those teams you just can't get a feel for. One week they look good. The other week they look awful. One week they look like they're competent. The other week they look like they're, you know, they lick windows for a living. Um, oh. Taylor Heineke is a baller, man. Something about him, he just he just guts out. Plays, throws, wins. It's in Washington. This is a yeah. trap game. I'm going to take Washington. <sighs> I think Washington is the better team. What's the, and then what's I think the they're line? gonna force. I think they're gonna force Jameis to 
make some mistakes. New Orleans is favored by two and a half. That's weird. I'm taking Washington. I That's mean, I chose weird... Washington last week when you doubted them. Do I roll the dice again? Gibson's questionable. Curtis Samuel. Who's out for the Saints? Well, you know what's funny is last week, I, I know I picked Washington on Saturday, but I changed my mind Sunday morning. I was going to text you and change like three of my picks. Decided not to. Would have actually worked out really well. <laughs> um, but instead of texting you and changing my picks, I just bet on it and, and won money. So it was a win-win. That's fine. I'd rather you do that so I can win the crumble at the end of the year. <laughs> All right, we're both, we're both on Washington. Philly, Carolina. This is an interesting game, too. Um I don't know what to think about Philadelphia. I don't buy into Carolina. I think they kind of have a Broncos complex to where they started off great, but I think everybody knows this feels hollow. Still no Christian McCaffrey. Um, the Philly won last week, didn't they? Or did no, they, they lost to they lost? Uh, the Chiefs. Okay. Um, it's in Carolina. Carolina lost last week who did they play last week oh dallas their defense is actually pretty stout though mm-hmm. i'm gonna go carolina yeah i'm gonna go carolina as well i i don't think the eagles are very good this is the game that goddard's gonna have like 15 catches for two touchdowns and i'm not gonna start him it's gonna make me angry um tennessee versus jacksonville I don't know what in the world is going on with Tennessee. I get they didn't have A.J. Brown and Julio last week. But my goodness, man. It's still the Jets. Like, uh, Derrick Henry had a great game, though. So thank you for feeding him 47 times. But Jacksonville's just really bad. Really bad. And with everything going on with Urban Meyer and all that, I'm going Tennessee this week. Yeah, everything going on with Urban Meyer. I... See, this would have been a perfect spot to take Jacksonville. I think they get um, AJ and Julio. Yeah, I think AJ Brown is back. I don't think Julio is back. Um, I'll take Tennessee. If the things didn't happen with Urban, I would have taken Jacksonville. When I was looking at the schedule for this week uh, at, on Sunday night, I was going to take Jacksonville. Um, but I, you just can't now. <laughs> Um, New England versus Houston. Houston's really struggling. I just feel so bad for Philip Lindsay. I mean, he had, what, two or three years here. He goes to Houston. All the things happen with Deshaun Watson. Now he's just a part of another losing organization. <laughs> I'm going New England. Yeah, I'm going to go New England as well. Um, well, they're favored, they're favored by eight. I mean, yeah, Houston's not very good. I mean, maybe this is a situation where it's like 17 to 3, you know, 17 to 10 type of thing. But, yeah, Houston's, yeah. Houston's not very good. Uh, Chicago versus Las Vegas. Um, Chicago's kind of riding high after their win last week. Justin Fields played really well. Again, they played the Lions, though. The Raiders, uh, I don't know. I mean, they're solid. I'll give them that. I don't know if they're good, but they're solid. Derek Carr is playing really well this year. I don't think the Bears are on that level yet. I'm going to go the Raiders here. Um, Can I take a risk? Do it. Do it. 
Khalil Mack playing the Raiders. Yeah. Khalil Mack playing the Raiders. Um. Uh, I want to do it so badly. Do it. It's the the problem is it's if it was in Chicago, I think I would have done it. I, I would do it. See, this one's easy for me. I, I don't think Chicago Bears have a chance to win this game. Yeah, I'll take the Raiders. Oh, David Montgomery's out. Yeah, I'll take the Raiders. Um, Cleveland. I about that. This is gonna be a fun game to watch tomorrow. Cleveland Chargers. The Chargers are just really fun to watch, man. I hate to say it, but they're fun. Mainly it's because of Justin Herbert. But their offense is fun. I mean, they throw it up and down the field at will. Jared Cook is having a great year. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is playing really well. Austin Eckler. They're just fun to watch. They have that guy, um, what's his name, Guyton, that, who, who runs like a 4-3 apparently. And he's kind of a bigger dude. Uh, but they're playing Cleveland, who has a really good defense. Did I see that Baker's hurt, though? Or was that last week? So, yeah, so he has a torn labrum, but he's playing. Is it in his it. throwing shoulder yeah uh i, mean, I don't think no i don't think so uh clowny's questionable jedrick wills is still questionable miles garrett's questionable looks like he's expected to play though um i'm gonna go with the chargers here i think the chargers win um i don't think they can keep up cleveland that is with them offensively and I don't like what's going on with uh, them not giving the ball to Nick Chubb. They're giving everything to Kareem Hunt, and it's really making me angry. Like, he's getting all the touchdowns, he's getting all the big fantasy stuff, and Kareem Hunt's getting like, or uh, Chubb is getting like 10 to 12 points. So I'm going to need that to flip. But I think this week the Chargers win. I think this really cements the Chargers as a for real team because this defense is legit. Mm, this is a, this is gonna be a good game. It is gonna be a good game. Hopefully. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take Cleveland. I'm gonna take Cleveland. I I know Baker's hurt, but I I think they run the ball really well. Control the game. Um, yeah, I think they control the game. The Chargers really haven't seen a defense like this yet this season. Dallas, I mean Dallas was really Dallas is a really good defense, but and they and the Chargers lost that game. That's their only loss of the of the year. But well, they the probably way, should have won that game. True, but the way Cleveland can get after the quarterback, I think that's the difference. And I I think the Chargers have kind of struggled against the run, so I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both play really well. I'm gonna go Cleveland. Uh, Dallas, New York. I mean, Dallas is on a roll right now. And Diggs is cementing himself as, as one of the best corners in the league right now. I think he's got a pick in every game. He had two last week. So I don't think the Giants really stand much of a chance in this one. No. Um, no, Cowboys. Trey Lance is going to start this week, I'm pretty sure, versus Arizona. Um, San Fran's kind of weird. I mean, they're, they seem like they're a talented team, but there's just a lot of things that are kind of up in the air right now with them, it feels like. Uh, they're down to like their 17th running back on the roster. I'm going to go Arizona here. Yeah, I'm going to go Arizona as well. Um, this is the one I'm looking for. Buffalo, Kansas City. 
Because this feels, even though the Chiefs are, you know, what, 500 now? Feels like this would be the AFC Championship preview, although I think you had Cleveland making it, right? Who did you have? Yeah, I have Cleveland making you it. You have Cleveland and the... Uh, yeah, Cleveland, Kansas City. Oh, gosh. I really chose Kansas City, Tennessee. I'm already regretting that. <laughs> gosh, that is awful. Um, this should be a fun game. Obviously, we had this last year. Buffalo really didn't stand much of a chance. I think it was close in the beginning, but they tried to play Kansas City style, and that just didn't work. Chiefs are kind of reeling, even though they win last week against Philadelphia. They, they've got some real weaknesses on their team, uh, mainly defensively. Maybe Buffalo is able to exploit that this season. Or, yeah, this season. Emmanuel Sanders is having, like, a resurgence there. I mean, he's had a great last two weeks. To the, to the point where I'm like, is Stephon Diggs hurt? Like, is he playing? And he is. He's just not doing anything touchdown-wise. Um, oh, it's in Kansas City. I thought you weren't going to pick against Kansas City this year. I said I wasn't going to pick against Kansas City unless they gave me a reason to. They've given me two weeks out of this season already to doubt them a little bit. Buffalo's good. They, after that loss against the Steelers, they're starting to figure out things. And, I mean, what, who did they obliterate last week by, like, 40? Uh, it was Houston. I mean, granted, it was Houston, but I think Buffalo needs this game. They need this game to show we can beat these guys. Oh, but it's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but Kansas City's defense is really bad. <sighs> Listening to your internal struggle is hilarious. It's real, though. This is like real <laughs> stuff, though. Like, do I, you, Are you sold on one team over the other in this one already? I'll wait till you pick. Yeah, because you're not sold. You're just going to pick opposite of who I pick. If I pick no, Kansas City. No, I, I, know, I know who I'm picking. Well, then pick. No, because I'm not going to tell you why. Oh, is there an injury that I'm not aware of here? No, I just want you to pick the opposite team that uh, that I'm going to pick. Uh, exactly, you're just gonna pick opposite of me. No, 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 no. I just I have a team in mind. I want you to pick the team that I want you to pick, so that way I can take my team and be opposite of you. Exactly. That's what I just said. You ultimately want to pick no, opposite no, no. of me. No, no, no. I have the team that I'm going to pick, but. I don't want you to pick them, is what I'm saying. Buffalo is humming right now. <sighs> hmm. Let me, let me, who's favored in this one? Probably Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City by two and a half. Yeah, that makes sense. So basically even. They both score 33.5 points per game. Could be a great game. Buffalo's only given up 11 points this year. Kansas City's given up 31. They've given up 100. You know what? I'm going Bills. They need this game. This is a statement. Josh Allen wants to tell Patrick Mahomes, you are not that much better than me. 
I can throw it just as far as you. Go on, Bills. Chiefs. I'm going to regret this. Um, look, it's in Kansas City, first off. Uh, two, I think the Chiefs need this more than the Bills. I think the Bills will easily win their division. Uh, the Chiefs need to win this game. Uh, and not only that, I think this is a great chance for Kansas City to show the league, show the world, they're still the best. Um, that defense and... is really bad, though. I get it, but it's the Bills awful. haven't the, the Bills haven't played anyone. Yeah, I don't think you need to play anyone to know how bad that defense is. Sure, but what I'm saying though is the the Bills the Bills defense though. Oh yeah, really yeah, their defense anyone. hasn't right. played anybody. So it's gonna be a high scoring game. Um, I think I think this game is gonna be very similar. Remember the Rams Chiefs game a couple of years ago? Oh, that was epic. That it was. It's one of the highest scoring games of all time. Um, I think it's very similar to that game. I think we're gonna. I think the the total goes way over. The total's at fifty six and a half. Yeah, that should be ten points higher. I think we hit seven seventy points in this game. I think this game goes bonkers in scoring, and uh, guess who gets the ball last? Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen when he knees it out. Chiefs win by three. We shall see. And then lastly, Indianapolis versus Baltimore. I'm not I'm not picking Indianapolis. I'm just not. So you can have that yeah, if you'd like. I'll take Baltimore. Yeah. All right. So we differ on three games. So there could be a sizable shift here in the pick'em, depending on how it goes. I could either go up by eight, or you can cut this thing to two. So we shall see. Well, um, you've been uh, you've been like the Broncos in uh, fantasy, so I'm sure you're gonna be like the Broncos in pick. Not true, not true at all. Okay. Lastly, before we wrap up, the Denver Nuggets now after last night's game are 0 and 3 in preseason. It's preseason. Hawks are 0 and 2. The Lakers are 0 and 3. Not much to put into it. Nicole Jokic didn't play the first game. Um. Although, and, and he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter, I don't think. Him and Carl Anthony Towns, they were kind of like... I don't think Carl Anthony Towns likes Nikola Jokic. Um, I think he actually hates Nikola Jokic. Because he really gets up to play Jokic. And it's so funny, because it's like... I think he just wants to prove, like, I'm better than you. And like, yeah, maybe physically, but... I mean, he's, he won the MVP for a reason. But... Um, did you see, I know you just watched the highlights of the game. Anything that stood out to you, uh, from what you saw? Uh, MPJ is going to be an all-star. Um, that's easy. Uh, that was going to be my bold prediction of the year. It's not even bold at this point. Um, Bones is really good. Uh, I think they should start Bones in the starting lineup. Whoa. And it's, it's not, it's not, it's not because I don't like Monte. I love Monte. It's more so I want Monte to run the second unit. Um, I think, I think if you have Bones running the second unit, I think there's a better chance of things to unravel because he is young. He is going to make mistakes. You don't really have a guy that can kind of calm the offense down, calm the team down, and that's going to result in a lot of messy, just messy offense in the second in the second quarter and late in the third, which is what we saw, by the way. I know the second quarter was really bad last night uh, for the Nuggets. 
and that's why when you have a second unit that doesn't have your normal you know point guard who's going to man the offense relax the team and just and just run the offense that they're supposed to run it gets out of control and when you when that offense gets out of control and you don't have that guy it's not going to stop and then you're going to have to bring a starter in whatever and you're going to you're going to blow a lead or you're going to be down big going to the half either way right so it's not necessarily because I want Bones in the starting lineup it's more so I want Monte to man that second unit and then here's the thing Bones has played well enough to earn that but not only that he has great chemistry with Nikola Jokic he fits more of the profile to, of a Jamal Murray to where you can move him off ball you can have Jokic run the offense and move bones off of screens and stuff like that like basically what you were doing with Jamal right and then that two-man game it works I think a little bit better than Monte and Jokic just because of Bones' shooting ability. So it's more so of just how the offense, I think, would work. A guy like Monte, I don't, Monte's not great off ball. So he, you know, he's the guy that kind of needs the ball in his hands to make plays. But when you're starting him with Nikola Jokic, look, anyone can play with Jokic and it's going to look good, right? Because that's who Nikola Jokic is. That's how good he is. Very similar to LeBron. You can put anyone LeBron and it's going to work, right? that he will figure it out. But that doesn't mean that you can put a guy like Monte starting with Jokic and expect it to be, you know, perfect. The reason why Jamal and Jokic work so well is because Jamal is not a natural point guard. That's why it works so well because of his shooting ability, because of his scoring ability. It kind of balances that out. So... I would like to see Bones in the starting lineup. Also, starting Bones, I'm not saying give Bones 35 minutes a game. The reason why you want to, you would want to start Bones is because not just his offensive ability, but if he's getting 25 minutes a game, then he's getting that valuable experience. And not just getting that experience, but getting that experience with playing alongside Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon and Will Barton. Playing alongside of those guys can really speed up his process and his development, right? And so by the time you get to the playoffs, this kid's not a rookie. He's going to be humming along. He's going to be just fine in the playoffs. And we'll like what I've always said this, you need role players that can win you games in the playoffs. You need that Bones game, right? You need that Will Barton game. You need that Aaron Gordon game. You're gonna need those games in in each series. Your starters are gonna do what your 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 stars are gonna do what your stars do. But you need your role players, at least one of your role players, to have that game where, after you win a championship, you're and you think back to that playoff run, you're like, man, remember that Bones game? He just went nuts coming off the bench. Or you remember that Aaron Gordon game where he just randomly had 20 points in in the first half? You're going to remember those games more so than the... Remember when Nikola Jokic had 30, 10, and 10? Oh, yeah, he did that every game, right? So, you you Bones is going to be a guy where he is going to win the Nuggets not just one playoff game. He's going to win them two, maybe three playoff games 
that the year that the Nuggets win a championship, if they do, he's going to be a big reason why they win two or three of those games. And you're going to remember those games as the bones game, right? If you can speed up his process in year one, when the window is wide open this year, that's only going to help them in the playoffs. So go with the bumps and bruises, put him with Nikola Jokic. And that, that way, not only are you having Monte kind of calm down the second unit, but you're also having the starters calm down Bones because he had six turnovers last night. He's the guy that can get out of control. But if he's playing with Nikola Jokic, if he's playing with a guy like Will who can, I guess, get out of control himself, but Will can also kind of slow things down, all of a sudden maybe they they help him not go a little too off the rails, which he can. So I think it does a lot of things. I think it helps a lot of a lot of different parts of the team. So that's why I would start Bones. And look, it's not going to happen. But that's why I would start Bones at, at, at the one right away. Yeah, I disagree. I completely disagree. I don't. Th- I think the only thing... I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yes, he's played really well in this preseason. And he's shooting really well. The only thing I think this should do is elevate him to crack the second unit. Um, ahead of maybe a guy like Faku. My... The only thing I agree with you on in that is, yes, putting him in the starting lineup, you know, it gives him that experience to play with those guys, sure. I, I, I get that. But even when we get to the playoffs in rotation shortened, even if he was in the second unit, if it was matchup-based, I don't even think he's going to even see that much time anyways. So, in my opinion, moving Monte to the second unit to start Bones doesn't help the second unit at all. Because what the second unit is missing, much like what they did last year is somebody who can score consistently. And so if you move Monte to the second unit, now you're putting him down there with Faku, who's running that second unit. So I just what don't I'm, think that I, messes I would well. rather not. I would rather not Faku run the, the starting or the second unit. But if you have a Monte and Faku on there, it, you're having two guys who can do the same thing who don't, I don't think that benefits you. So I think if you're going to move Monte down, uh, you know, I think ideally... You need to have, at that point, the only time I'd move Monte down to the second unit is when Jamal comes back. That's the only time I'm doing that. Um, Because I think Malone, and I hope he does this, but we haven't seen it in preseason yet. I hope he's really considering staggering the minutes of Jokic and mainly MPJ. Because that second unit needs a, a guy who can score. They need MPJ to play in that unit. So maybe if Bones cracks the unit more over Faku... Uh, on certain nights, maybe it's rotation or you know matchup based, whatever the case is. But if you have a lineup of then it's Monte, MPJ, and Bones, and then as well as you know Jeff Green and Jamichael Green, okay, I can live with that. But I, I just don't think putting Monte down with Faku and those guys, I just don't think it works um, at all. They they need a, a guy who can score. And I don't even think Bones can can be that scoring punch enough in itself. I think he's playing really well, don't get me wrong. But I still think he's very slight. Like, I knew he was a skinny guy, but he is very slight. And that, I mean, I, that worries I don't think me. I don't think that's really going to affect his game. I Look, I yeah. think Bones plays a lot more than people think. I, I think, no, I agree. You know, I think it, he eventually it, cracks the second unit, but as a starter, no way. 
Not this year, no way. I, I think I think he's already cracking the second unit. I think immediately he's part of that second unit. Um, I, his relationship with Malone and the way Malone talks about him reminds me of when Jamal was a rookie. Um, and I remember, you know, Malone would be really rough on Jamal during the post game. Um, and it's, it's because he just, he knew how good Jamal was and he wanted to push Jamal in that sort of way. He's doing the same exact thing with bones, by the way. Um, I think Malone really likes bones. It's very rare for a rookie to get in that room there with Malone and, and, and have that respect from, from Malone. I think Bones, his personality um, has really helped that, and then his play has, has backed it up. So I think he plays a lot more right away than uh, people would would think. Um, and, and obviously the injury – look, if Jamal was healthy, I don't think Bones would necessarily play as much. But I, with Jamal's injury, I, I just – I think he's – He's already ahead of Austin Rivers. I think he's very close to being ahead of uh, Faku. Again, I think it's going to be more of dependent, but I think you can play Bones alongside of Faku. So based on, uh, you know, I, I'm going to kind of agree with you where if you have Faku running the second unit and you have Bones as a more of an off guard, I think that can work too. I, I just, I, I don't, I get it. He's He's really thin, but... As a guard, I, I'm not really – that doesn't really bother me. Now, if he was a big man, sure. But, like, uh, like Mosley over there in Cleveland, he's, like, really thin, and that's going to affect his game. I don't think being thin will, is going to affect Bones' game. I think he re looks really smooth out there. And I, he, he hasn't shown where his size is really hurting him, uh, you know, driving into lane and finishing. He's a really good finisher at the rim, so – I think he's always going to have kind of that body. So I don't think that, you know, he's, I think he's used to playing with that type of body. And I think he's going to be just fine in the NBA. Also, he's six foot three. You know, I, I think a lot of times, I, I think it, a lot of people have kind of, I, I think you kind of think him, think of him as like, he's like a six foot, you know, 140 type of guy. He's not, he's six foot three. He, he does have, that length that you would want. So I just, I think he's fine. I, I, I think it's more of decision-making for him and just, I, I think he fits perfectly. And, and this shocks this, by the way, this is not something I expected. Um, this is really kind of shocked me with how well he's played. Did not think he would, he would play that well at all. The fact that he is, I get it. It's preseason, but he was also playing against starters um, and playing with the starters, I think that's a, a big thing to kind of realize is he started that third quarter mm -hmm. with the starters. So that's a big deal. And then the way Jokic talks about him, the, the little things of, of the, you know, the way people are talking about him, the way Malone talks about him and then criticizes him, uh, those are the, the, the things that I think have kind of shown me. I think he's going to play quite a bit i think he plays 15 to 20 minutes initially and i think those numbers increase well yeah i think he cracks the unit in the in the second rotation but i just don't i think there's three guys that four guys really at this point maybe three if we get progressing down the season i think malone would rather start jamal obviously monte p 
PJ, and then maybe Faku, but maybe that could be overlapped. Maybe Faku and PJ are interchangeable at the guard position in that starting well, they unit. Can move, they can move PJ around, too. PJ right. can play at two or three. But, I mean, initially he came in as a point guard. But what I'm saying is I think that there's guys that are ahead of Bones right now. Like, it would have to take catastrophic injury again for him to break the starting lineup. Unless he's, like, completely nuclear, which he's been playing well. Don't get me wrong. He's been playing really well. But I think all he's doing right now is just showing, yes, I deserve to play. And I think he's going to end up overtaking, biting definitely into Austin Rivers' minutes and then possibly leaping Faku at some point. I think that's really what we're going to see. And I think ideally, at the you know as we're coming down, getting ready for playoffs, ideally that second unit is Monte, Bones, PJ, a little bit of MPJ, and then one of the greens. Or, you know, if we're not staggering the minutes, okay, then it's Monte, Bones, PJ, and both greens are out there. That's your second unit. Um, Again, I prefer to stagger MPJ, but that's just me. I I think everyone does. I I, I think you do need one of your starters, specifically either Jokic or MPJ, to stagger with the second unit. Malone has just never done that. And I think that's one of the been one of the biggest criticisms of, of, of Malone over the last couple of years is he just hasn't staggered his starters. He hasn't he's never staggered Jamal. He's never staggered staggered Jokic. Part of it part of it is, especially during the regular season, it, it's not necessarily a need and they've had a lot of depth over the last couple of years. But I think this year they don't have a ton of depth. So I man, I I really want them to stagger. I just I, I don't think he's going to do it. I, I would stagger MPJ though. He look he's young. He can play a lot. He's gonna be just he's gonna be unbelievable this year. He's gonna average twenty five just walking out on the court. Um he he's gonna I'm man, MPJ is he's gonna be he is going to have a special, special year. I think the one thing I wanna see with him is just to see how he closes games out. But Goodness gracious. I mean, he's going to be amazing. Uh, so if you can stagger his minutes and have him with that second unit, oh, that's going to it's going to help a ton. One thing one last thing about Bones. Not only can like we we know he we now know he can play and he can already play, but he's clutch. He is not afraid of any moment. He's clutch. He does need to learn to uh, look and find the time on the clock and the score, something that he needs to figure out, but other than that, the dude is clutch. And if the Nuggets need a bucket late in games, especially during the regular season, get him in the game because he is not afraid of any sort of moment. I get it. He's a rookie. He does not act like a rookie. Not really. Not He, he does not. There's moments where you'll have some turnovers that, that look, okay, like, you know, there's a rookie mistakes. But it's in the pre, like, we're only in the preseason. I think halfway through the year, we're going to be looking at Bones and saying, this dude is not a rookie anymore at all. Well, he's, he's definitely ready. He's definitely not afraid of the moment. I do um, not know how the Nuggets keep doing this, but this dude is good. Yeah. Like, no, he's wow. good. He is like, good. He is. I'm just, I'm just not – there was a lot of hype last night, and he played really well. It was fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. I still like to see it against starters, and I get he played against the starters in the second half, but – I'd like to see it against, you know, some of the the bigger teams. You know, if he does this against a Lakers or 
you know, a Phoenix, Milwaukee, you know, yeah. even some of the lower tier, you know, Blazers, Dallas. Like, do it against those teams. Minnesota's just Minnesota. I mean, they don't have the best talent, but they're mm-hmm. up and coming. Well, um, look, he's going to get his chance because he's going to play. Oh, yes. um, I so... think he's, he, at some point, I would be shocked if, you know, by December, he's not getting major minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By December, he's going to be getting 20 25. Yeah, so, I mean, he should be cracking into that second unit at some point. And he's fun to watch. And listen, as much as you hate Bull Bull now, Bull had a nice game last night. Uh, he was like had one a, for seven. Had a nice game. Well, okay, defensively. Defensively, he's throwing no, his body no, around. I was following he's, him on he's Twitter. He's playing his height. I was, I, I was following it on Twitter. He got some blocks, but rotations he still missed quite a bit, like you always. You just hate Bull. That's all you, that's I all don't hate him. I, hate I don't. I want fine. him to be. I want him to be good. You, you want him I'm to fail. I'm rooting for him, but he fail. just. I I just. He's gonna be like his dad, where, the dude is so physically gifted with that arm. Like he, he can get so many blocks. He can help you in those in those ways. He can hit the three, but the reason why his dad never averaged like more than 15 minutes a game, was just because, he, he just. There, there was holes. There was massive holes in his game where, you, where he should be really good, and if he can't figure it out, he's never gonna, he's never gonna crack the rotation at all. Um, maybe he can crack the second unit on a really bad team, but he, I just, I don't until he starts, until it really starts to click, on the court in games and not just in practice, it's, it's never gonna happen. It's just, it's not. We shall see. We shall see. But he had a nice, some nice moments last night. A few nice buckets. That's well, I some mean, blocks. That's full bull. He has like nice it. moments. Some cool, super cool blocks and some crazy dunks. You but... just hate him. That's okay. Um, I'm excited though. We're we're coming up on it. We were just talking about it before the pod started. Eleven day. What is it? Eleven days. Eleven yep. days before the uh, opener versus the Suns. Jokic looks good. Um, Monte has been shooting a little poorly. P.J. Dozier, though, he looks pretty smooth offensively. We'll see if that carries over. Obviously, Will Barton hasn't played. And MPJ looks like MPJ. There was a few times where he dropped the ball last night, so I was like, okay, he still hasn't learned how to catch the, the basketball. But shot still looks smooth. I'd still like to see some variance in his, in his offense. Um, although there was at one point last night, he drove to the basket, and a guy, he kind of like moved a guy with his shoulder. And then got the bucket, and I was like, "Oh, he got bigger." I don't know if he, he would do that last year, but uh, he he definitely worked on his body. He probably he gained doesn't some... look noticeably bigger to me. But uh, he did. I mean, on the the highlights that I saw, he I I noticed it immediately. So I, I don't know. He looks bigger. I don't know. I mean, that's what he said. He worked on his body. He's a little not bit, AD. But... That's for damn sure. He can he can uh, put some pounds on. I he's man. I'm telling you, he's gonna have. That was my. I was. I've been all excited this whole off season. It was my big bull prediction of the year. MPJ twenty five a game, all star. It's not even a bull prediction anymore. The, I mean that. I don't know. I don't know if he makes an all star team. Ah, uh, he's an all star. He's an all star. I don't know. Top. If the Nuggets are a top four seed, and he averages twenty five a game, he's an all star. Okay. We shall see. Well, that's gonna do it for us today. We appreciate. We appreciate, rather, you guys tuning in and listening. Shout out to uh, all you guys for 
press and play even just once if you have. Uh, for Brandon Stoll on the other side, I'm Stephen Priest Jr. This has been Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Uh-huh.